The Bible is the most amazing book. You can have read it for years, and suddenly something strikes you like it never has before. Four words hit me between the eyeballs this week. Words of Jesus, spoken to the high priest the night before Jesus was crucified. These four words, and you will see. And you will see. We find them in our text for this morning, Mark chapter 14 and verse 62. Mark 14 62. We're grateful to Sam for leading us this morning, and he's just read to us at the end of Mark 14. Coming at the end of the chapter where Jesus has celebrated the Passover with his disciples, the Last Supper where he's instituted the Lord's Supper. Judas Iscariot has betrayed Jesus to the authorities there in the Garden of Gethsemane as we were thinking about last week. And now here at the end of Mark 14, Jesus has been brought before the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. As we read, all sorts of people have made all sorts of of false and grievous accusations against him. And throughout it all, Jesus has remained silent. So verse 60, a couple of verses before our text, the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But, beginning of verse 61, he kept silent, and answered nothing. He did not respond to these false and grievous accusations. But again the high priest speaks, end of verse 61, and asked Jesus, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Are you the Son of God? Are you the promised Messiah? The high priest is asking. And Jesus remains silent no longer. But he answers the high priest, verse 62, I am. And he adds, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. So the high priest asks his question in verse 61, Are you, are you the Christ the Son of the Blessed. And that's a good question for any of us to ask, to seek to understand exactly who the Lord Jesus is. And the Lord Jesus gives his answer. Simply, straightforwardly, he says, I am. I am the Christ. I am the Son of the Blessed. I am the Son of God. I am the promised Messiah. But he adds, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And you will see. Didn't look that way as Christ was there before the high priest in the presence of the Sanhedrin. But Jesus says to him, 
and you will see. Our theme from these words for a few minutes this morning is this. Things are not always what they seem. Things are not always what they seem. We know that's often true in the small details of life, isn't it? You can no doubt think of examples in in your mind, maybe even from this week, where uh, something seemed to be one way, but uh, maybe you got all anxious and worried about the way that it seemed to be, but then you realized that it wasn't as it seemed. But it's also true in the big picture. As we think about Uh, The meaning of life and where we've come from and where we are and and where we're going and time and, and eternity and so on. Very often things may seem to be one way. But the reality is very different. So let's unpack this a little this morning with the Lord's help. Things are not always what they seem. Jesus' words, and you will see. Three things. Number one, words spoken to one man 2,000 years ago. Words spoken to one man 2,000 years ago. Because in the first instance, Jesus speaks these words, and you will see, uh, to the high priest. The high priest was a religious man. He was someone who should have recognized Jesus. But he failed to recognize Jesus for who he was for who he is. In many ways he asked the best question anyone has ever asked. His question, are you there at the end of verse 61? Just who are you? But the tragedy is that he wasn't really interested in Jesus' answer. We see that from the verses that follow, verses 63, 64, and 65, when Jesus says that he is the Christ, the Son of the Blessed, in verse 62. The high priest responds, verse 63, by tearing his clothes and saying, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy, verse 64. What do you think? And they all condemn Jesus to be deserving of death. Then verse 65 adds, some began to spit on him and to blindfold him and to beat him and to say to him, prophesy. And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands and the high priest did nothing to intervene. So he asked the best question anyone has ever asked, but he wasn't really interested in Jesus' answer. But the silent Jesus, the Jesus who has been silent in the face of all these false and and grievous accusations, he speaks to answer the high priest's question. The high priest asks, verse 61, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus answers, verse 62, simply, straightforwardly, and unequivocally, I You couldn't have a simpler, a more straightforward, or a more unequivocal answer than that, could you? Are you? I am. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He adds, and you will see. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And you will see. 
The implication being, you, you don't now, but you will. You look at me now and you do not see that I am who I am. But however much you don't see it now, there is coming a time when you will and when you will be in no doubt about it whatsoever. Now I doubt the high priest ever forgot his encounter with Jesus. It would have been a memorable occasion, wouldn't it? Something that no doubt would have stayed with him for the rest of his life. And I wonder how much he reflected on Jesus' words. How Jesus had claimed to be the Christ, the Son of the Blessed. And how he had said that the high priest, one day he would, he would see him sitting at the right hand of the power and and coming with the clouds of heaven. I wonder whether from time to time the high priest would recall this episode and be reminded of these words. Perhaps when Jesus was crucified. The very next day Jesus would be crucified. And Jesus would be dead and he would be buried and maybe the high priest thought to himself, and you will see, not lightly, he thought to himself, nothing much to see here, only a shattered illusion. This man thought he was someone other than he is because here he is dead and buried, nothing to see here. Perhaps the high priest thought. Or perhaps when Jesus rose from the dead. And you will see. And maybe. Maybe there was just a glimmer of a thought in the high priest's mind. That perhaps there was more to this Jesus. After all. Perhaps more to him. Than had met the eye. Just those few days earlier. Or perhaps when he lay on his deathbed. Maybe the high priest recalled these words and you will see. And maybe as his life was ebbing away. He wrongly concluded. That there was nothing to see. After all. But the point you see is that things are not always what they see Jesus said the high priest would see that he would see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven and he will he hasn't yet but he will absolutely he will words spoken to one man 2000 years ago Number two, words as relevant today as they have ever been. Words as relevant today as they have ever been. Because the high priest, well, he's long ago and far away, 2,000 years ago there in Jerusalem. 
But what about you and me here and now? Jesus says to us the same words that he said to the high priest. He says to us, and you will say, you will. See what? Well, specifically in our text, verse 62, Jesus speaks of his return of his second coming, when at the end of the age he shall appear as the king upon the clouds. Other scriptures tell us every eye will see him, every knee will bow to him, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You will see, says Jesus. But there's a more general application of this as well, not just the specifics of what we'll see when uh, Christ comes again, but a more general application that there will come a time for each and every one of us when we will see that Jesus is exactly who he says he is and that the reality is exactly as he says it is. You see, one of the biggest hindrances to people becoming Christians is that things often seem other than they are. And that's why it's important that we learn again this morning that things are not always what they seem. I say again, one of the biggest hindrances to people becoming Christians is that things often seem other than they are. Let me give you a few examples. The Christian life doesn't always seem the best life. But Jesus says, and you will see. People look at Christians and they see that Christians often suffer, they have the same trials that everybody has in this world, but also very often they suffer simply for being Christians. And people think, well, the Christian life isn't much of a life. Why would I want to become a Christian? But the Bible talks about present suffering. And future glory. And the Christian life is the best life. One because. Though we can't understand this. Until we come to faith in Christ. It is a privilege to suffer. For his name. But two. Because present suffering. What appears at the moment. Is not the end. It is only temporary. And it will give way to future glory. Which will never end. And which will last forever. To be with Christ. And to be in heaven. For all the endless ages of eternity. The Christian life doesn't always seem the best life. But things are not always what they seem. Another example. Church. The church doesn't always seem. Like the answer to the world's problems. Jesus says. And you will see. Very often, 
Those who are not yet Christians, they look at the church, whether an individual church or the church universal, and, and they're singularly unimpressed. Often Christians are falling out with one another. You've got lots of people in churches on the one hand who are trying to explain that the Bible doesn't really teach what it teaches and doesn't really mean what it says. And then you've got other Christians elsewhere who are uh, obsessing with minor uh, details and uh, missing the big picture and majoring on, on minors and missing the wood for the trees. And unbelievers look and they scratch their heads. But I was reminded in preparation of the old illustration about the single-story church building that had a sign outside, showroom down, workshop downstairs, showroom upstairs. This isn't the showroom. Heaven is the showroom. This is the workshop. But we need to remember things are not always as they seem. And Christ will perfect his bride, the church. And in heaven in glory with him, the church will be all that it was ever meant to be. Or another example. People sometimes think God doesn't always seem caring and engaged. Again, Jesus says, and you will see. People think there's so much evil in the world and, and God doesn't seem to intervene. And yet we know that God is sovereign. And the wicked people can only go so far. And that ultimately, finally, he shall intervene. And he shall right every wrong and justice shall prevail to eternity. And in the meantime, we are to remember, as one of the old hymns puts it, that our God is too wise to be mistaken and too good to be unkind. Don't ever allow the devil to convince you that God could be mistaken or unkind. As God, he is too wise to be mistaken. And he is too good to be unkind. So we're saying these words are as relevant today as they have ever been. Jesus says to you and to me, you will see. Maybe you don't see at the moment. You look at the Christian life and it doesn't always seem the best life. You look at the church and it doesn't always seem the answer to the world's problems. You think about God and he doesn't always seem caring and engaged. But things are not always what they seem. There's more to the gospel, to the message of salvation than first meets the eye. And you can take the Lord Jesus at his word this morning. That you will. See, absolutely, you will. So you're still with me. We're thinking about Jesus' words and you will see. Number one, words spoken to one man 2,000 years ago. Number two, words as relevant today as they have ever been. And now number three, words that shall echo beyond time and throughout eternity. 
Words that shall echo beyond time and throughout eternity. You see, Jesus' words here in our text, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven, they are words yet to be fulfilled. Christ has yet to return. They are words that point us to the horizon, to the great climax of world history. When Jesus will be vindicated. When everything he ever said will be proved to be right. Including these four words in Mark 14 verse 62. And you will see. Then, even if never before, you will see. All will see. Let's think about that for a moment. Some will see who knew they would and couldn't wait. Oh, they will. Some will see who knew they would and couldn't wait. In other words, Christians, those who trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior in the time of their lives. And uh, they've been looking and Longing and watching and waiting. And what joy will be theirs. When they see. Son of man. Sitting at the right hand of the power. Coming. With the clouds. Of heaven. Some will see who knew they would. And couldn't wait. But also. Others will see who never thought they would and won't be ready. That's true as well. Others will see who never thought they would and won't be ready. Those who are not yet Christians and the one who appears will not be their saviour, but rather their judge. And for them, that day will not be the day of highest joy, as it will be for the Christian, for the believer. But for them that day will be the day of deepest despair. Because then, they will see. And the thing is that that day will last forever. In this sense that when Christ returns and the world ends and time gives way to eternity and uh, all go to one or other of the two uh, great eternal destinations heaven or hell Those who go to heaven will go to the place of eternal day where there is no night. And those who go to hell will go to the place of eternal night where day will never dawn. And in heaven and in hell 
these words will echo in the minds and in the hearts of all who are there. And you will see. And those in heaven will say yes. And the longer they are there, the more they see just what a saviour the Lord Jesus Christ is. And those who are in hell will have an ever-increasing and overwhelming and unbearable realization. Oh, what a sinner I am. And they will see that Christ was right all along. And yet they didn't recognize him. They refused to trust him. They despised and they rejected him. We must wrap up. But this is the big point this morning, friends. Things are not always what they seem. You will see then. On that great last day, you will see then. Be in no doubt about it. The question is, will you see now? Will you open your eyes to the Lord Jesus? To the reality of who he is and what he accomplished on the cross at Calvary. And the so great salvation that he offers freely to you. Will you ask the Lord, Lord. Open my eyes that I may see. You will see. Sooner or later, you will see. And oh, may it not be later that your eyes are opened to the Christ who must be your judge. But oh, may it be sooner, even today, that your eyes will be opened to the Christ who offers himself to be your saviour. But one way or the other, you will see. Because Jesus says so. And he means what he says. Amen.